Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Welcome to this week's podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about why people disappoint us, managing relationship orbits. It's inevitable that in every relationship, there's going to be ups and downs and disappointments and regrets. But what if I were to tell you there's a way to protect yourself from needless relationship conflict? Well, there is a way, and it's a self-coaching way. And I call it managing relationship orbits. So I call it relationship orbits. And I want you to think of or imagine You've probably seen these in your grammar school textbooks or somewhere posted on the wall of a library, our solar system. And in the center of that solar system is the sun. And then we have the various orbits. We have the Mercury orbit, which is that innermost orbit, followed by Venus, followed by Earth, Mars, Jupiter, etc. Now, not to inflate you or to uh, get you feeling too uh, pompous, but I want you to imagine yourself to be the sun center of, of your universe, your solar system. And for now, that's okay. I don't want you to get you know too excited or <laughs> seeing yourself in a position that is above or beyond everyone else. But for our purposes, it will serve to illuminate the self-coaching process of orbital relationships. So let's begin with that innermost orbit, which would be Mercury. Mercury is that small little planet that is very close to the sun, and it is what we might call the best friends and family orbit, okay? So this is the orbit that's revised for a few people in our lives. You know, you're not going to find a lot of people in this inner orbit. You're lucky if you have a handful. You're lucky if you have one or two or three people in this Mercury orbit. These are people that you totally, totally trust. People you die for and vice versa. And typically, these are long-standing relationships, friendships, people that have been totally loyal to you and trustworthy. If we use a wedding as an example, this would be your best man or your maid of honor at your wedding. That one special person that you would call your Mercury person. So that inner orbit, the Mercury orbit, is for best friends and family. So let us now move out beyond the Mercury orbit to the Venus orbit, the second orbit from the sun. Now, this would be what I would call the close friends orbit. Now, if we stick with our wedding image, you know, rather than being the best man or maid of honor, the people in this orbit, the Venus orbit, would be the bridesmaids or the groomsmen at your wedding. So they're one tier down from that special place 
that we see in the Mercury orbit. But these these are really very loyal, trustworthy, frequent contact people, really close friends, people that you just plain enjoy being with. You know, you have a lot of fun with these people. You want them close to you. These are Venus people, people that you love to be with, party with, eat dinner with, call on the phone, chat with, text with. These are your best, best friends, maybe separated from the Mercury orbit by, by a hair. Mercury orbit is almost like that blood-connected family closest of friends, but the the Venus orbit, they, they can come pretty close to that. These are the inner circle. So both the Mercury and the Venus orbits are reserved for the special people in your life. Now, as we move out to the third orbit, now we start to see some differentiation taking place. This is the Earth orbit, the third from the Sun. And let's say we put in that this is the like-minded orbit. People who tend to agree with us, people who are kind of belong to the same club, politically, socially, morally, religiously, however you want to. These are people that are kind of like-minded, people you can easily talk with, and they're friends, they're colleagues, they're neighbors. And they would be, let's go back to the wedding image, they would be the guests at your wedding. And they'd be sitting at the table and you'd be going around. I remember uh, <laughs> in Italian culture, we have avust, and that's the people you'd go around and with the, the brides. Uh, I guess, I, I don't know what they would have, a purse or something, and people would put their contributions in avust. So these these are the, the people in your Earth orbit, the people that are contributing to your wedding. And they're the friends, and they're partying with you, and they're sharing. And they may not be as frequent visitors in your life, people that you see sometimes, not all the time. They're not as close as the Mercury-Venus people, but they're, they're good friends. They wouldn't be at your wedding. You would not have invited them. And this, this can inc include an unlimited number of people. You could have many, many Earth friends and... These are the, I guess these are the people, you know, I don't know too much about the internet, but these are your friends on Facebook. I guess, you're, I don't know if you have friends on Instagram, but these are your friends, your your email contacts, people that you you call, your classmates, your colleagues at work. So these, these are the earthbound people, the good people of your life, the many people of your life, the people that you would gladly invite to your wedding. So those first three orbits, the Mercury, Venus, and Earth, Let's call these all the positive people, the positive relationships. So now as we traverse the line of demarcation, and these would be the people who you didn't invite to your wedding. These are, these are the people that you just didn't send out that invitation to. The heck with them. They don't get to go to the wedding. We're not sure of them. These are people that, you know, they're not always trustworthy. And that's why they did, that's why they probably weren't invited to your wedding. They just didn't make the cut. You know, maybe they these are the people that might talk behind your back, take advantage of you or your goodwill. Maybe they don't pay back loans. They're people you relate to, but you've learned to relate to them at a distance. They tend to be Jekyll and Hyde. Sometimes they're especially, you know, in your face, they're, oh, how you doing? Yeah, you're such a great. But behind your back, who knows? You just, you just have an uneasy feeling. And that's why they're in this Mars orbit, because this is an orbit where we begin to populate it with people that are certainly capable 
of inflicting pain and duress to our lives. Whereas the first three orbits, of course, are positive people that nourish and nurture our lives. With Mars, and then as we go on to Jupiter, you'll see these are people that can detract from our lives, cause problems in our lives. So now we move on to the fifth planet from the sun, and this is the Jupiter orbit. Now, although Jupiter, according to astrology, is uh, the planet of good fortune and good luck, but from a self-coaching standpoint, uh-uh. This is a, an orbit reserved for relationships that are destructive to our well-being. These are people that want to hurt us, to abuse us, people that are jealous and spiteful. These are the manipulative, sociopathic people who maybe want to just use us or profit from us. These are dangerous people in this relationship. And hopefully there's only a few uh, hopefully you don't have many people out there to hurt you and that you are not paranoid. But these people could be charming, uh, you know, and that's why you have to be careful because, you know, a good sociopath will will let you know how wonderful and terrific you are. And then, boom, turn your back and watch out. So any person that you put in a Jupiter orbit should be questioned. Now, so now we have a paradigm. We have five orbits, and I'm not going to go beyond Jupiter because there needs to be no more destruction than that which would be perpetrated by a Jupiter person. But one of the things you need to realize is that these orbits are not set in concrete. When you have, say, a Venus person, a maid of honor, which I'm going to read you an email in a second, and you'll see what I mean by this. If you have someone very close to you, someone that was, in fact, your maid of honor or best man, and over time, they evolve into kind of a tyrannical kind of uh, unpleasant person. Well, they don't own that Venus orbit. You see, you then need to recalculate and decide where they need to be placed. So someone that started in a Venus orbit or a Mercury orbit, and they start to become not so wholesome, not so nice to you, well, you can readjust their orbits. You can put them in the Earth orbit, where sometimes the person in the Earth orbit may slip up and do some things that are not so pleasant. Or, in a worst-case basis, you could put them back in Mars. Hopefully not so bad that you have to put them in Jupiter. But what I'm saying is that the orbits are negotiable by you. By placing someone in the proper orbit, now this is what's important. You don't ever have to get disappointed. You see, if you have, let's put it this way, when you have someone in those inner orbits, you have high expectations that that person is going to live up to the qualities that we expect from a Venus person, from a Mercury person. Now, if that person doesn't live up to those expectations, we, we do have to question, do they belong in this orbit? And if not, we can move them back an orbit to Earth, to Mars, to Jupiter. So people can flow back and forth. People in a Mars orbit can become better friends and we can move them up to an Earth orbit. The key for you is to realize that when you have someone in the proper orbit, you don't ever have to be surprised. You don't ever have to be shocked at their behavior because essentially when they are in the right orbit, we expect them to act that way. So when you have someone in the Mars orbit, someone that maybe you play racquetball with or golf with or go to a movie occasionally with, that, that's okay because you don't expect them to always be there for you. And you almost expect them sometimes to let you down, but you're never disappointed because they are in the proper orbit. 
You don't have the expectations that you would have if they were in a closer orbit. Now, now this is where it gets a little tricky. We're thinking of orbits, and you're probably imagining orbits that circle around the sun. Well, actually, what we have is an elliptical orbit, where if you take a circle and squish it a little bit, you get like a, a racetrack kind of thing. It's, it's more like a squished circle. So people aren't just going to be very perfectly consistent in their orbit. There's variability. We live in an imperfect world. We are imperfect beings. And we don't always act totally 100% consistent with who we are, what we are. Sometimes we vacillate. Sometimes we have a bad day. Sometimes we're in a bad mood and we snap at others. Or we say things we regret. So if this happens vis-a-vis -a, -vis a, a Venus person, you don't necessarily have to say, I'm, you're out of here. You throw, them, you throw them into the Earth orbit. No, there's variability. And this is where it takes a bit of sophistication on your part to see if you, you tend to see that this is just a nuance or just an aspect of their elliptical changes, that they come back to center, that, you know, this is not unusual, that sometimes you get a little bit offended, sometimes they seem a little rude, but they always keep coming back to center. And as they keep coming back, you realize that the overall orbit of this person is stable enough to keep in whichever orbit you've you've selected for them. But it's when someone becomes consistently, and not just elliptically, but consistently a problem, that's when you have to question their orbit. So it requires a little bit of sophistication, but once you start getting used to someone that, for example, hurts you a lot of the time, well, then it becomes a little bit easier to, to place them. But let me, let me give you an example to try to make this clear, because I know it can be a little bit confusing when you first try to apply it to your life. So I'm going to read to you an email from someone I'll call Anne and her good friend, presumably, June. So, so Anne sent me an email through the contact section of my website, selfcoaching.net, and she wrote, June has been my best friend since high school. We were always close. She was my maid of honor in my wedding and godmother to my first child. Oh, there's that maid of honor. There's that inner, inner orbit, right? We've had many ups and downs, primarily because June was basically a selfish person. Actually, I would say she's kind of, yeah, kind of a narcissist. I've always excused her rude and insensitive behavior. But these past few years, it's gotten worse. She's always telling me what to do, never listening to my side of things, and criticizing the way I'm bringing up my kids. All this came to a head last week when a mutual friend told me that June was spreading rumors that I was an unfit mother. Well, I wanted to call her and give her a piece of my mind, but knowing June, I'm sure she would say, ah, don't be dumb, I never would say such a thing. The problem is, I know she, she would say something like I was an unfit mother because she's always gossiping. She gossips to everyone. So why would I think she wouldn't talk about me behind my back? Should I end our friendship? I'm tempted to, but I'm just not sure if I'm being vindictive. So now that you have a format that we're calling orbits, where would you place June? So let me tell you where I would place her and see, see if you agree or disagree. Well, for starters, actually, we know now that Anne was, in fact, that 
very cherished role of maid of honor. She was the inner circle of the inner circle. And she was godmother to the child. Doesn't get any closer to that. So we definitely would have placed her in the Mercury orbit. I think you might agree with that. Now, one thing that Anne did seem to have, she had she had a handle on, on June's neurotic tendencies. You know, and this could be the elliptical aspect. You know, she was kind of realizing that June had these tendencies, these kind of rude tendencies, obnoxious tendencies. And I would say that she was probably justified keeping her in the Mercury orbit, again, assuming that she had significant elliptical range to her personality. Now, you probably would have advised Anne to relocate June to the Earth orbit based on her obnoxious ways. And this is what I would recommend. See, so you, you and I are in concert here. We would say, Anne, it's time. Uh, let's 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 move in orbit. It's not just part of the nuance of an elliptical pattern. Uh, she's not just vacillating and coming back to center. She's she's being downright somewhat destructive. Let's let's get her out of that Mercury orbit. Let's bypass Venus and let's throw her right back into the Earth orbit where she belongs. Now, is that what you would guess? Mm -hmm. Let me throw a caveat here. You see, I think I think that June crossed a line. I think that she crossed the line from being a positive person in your life, someone that's nurturing to your life, to someone who is destructive. And that's that line of demarcation from the first three orbits to Mars. So I would have definitely said, or at least I'm saying now that I would say to you, I would skip Earth altogether and I would throw her right into the Mars orbit. You see, now from the Mars orbit, we could interpret things very differently. We would have, first of all, lowered our expectations for June. We wouldn't be terribly shocked by her misdemeanor or you know, even a psychological felony, you know, telling someone that you're an unfit mother. We wouldn't be surprised. But what we could have done by placing her into the Mars orbit, we would now maybe begin to limit our contact and we'd keep June at hand's distance. By keeping her in a Mars orbit, well, maybe... That would prevent us from totally scrubbing the relationship. You know, there still might be some occasional benefits to keeping someone in a Mars orbit, occasional contact. Like I said, maybe they're pickleball partners or who knows what. But, but sometimes we just lower the expectations. And rather than scrubbing totally, maybe keep that Mars orbit, but lowering the expectations and therefore minimizing the fact that this person would shock us because we expect certain things from people in the Mars or Jupiter orbit. So there you have it. Basically, when we have someone in their proper orbit, it provides us with a format for protecting ourselves from being shocked or surprised or hurt because we've lowered the bar of expectations. We don't expect someone in a Jupiter orbit to be a close friend. We don't expect them to act like a Venus person. So therefore, you're less likely to walk away scratching your head. And you know, what's interesting, by placing someone in their proper orbit, on one level, what you're doing is you're allowing them to be who they are. You don't have to change them. If you decide that someone, as June showed her colors, to be kind of nefarious and untrustworthy, this is who she is. And right now in time, because orbits change, as I mentioned earlier, Maybe at some point in the future, June would redeem herself. And that takes some 
that takes some effort and time. You know, once you once you're placed in Mars or Jupiter, you've you've done some nefarious things. And to get back in the good graces of those first three orbits, well, it's going to take some work and it's going to take some time because once you breach a trust in a relationship, it takes a while to rebuild that trust. But you can go from inner to outer and outer to inner in these orbit structures. But one thing keep in mind, that everyone is entitled to the orbit they belong to. Or saying it differently, the way I like to say it, everyone is entitled to their neurosis. June is certainly entitled to be a gossiper. She's entitled to be a manipulator. She's entitled to be rude. She's not entitled to be any of those things if she's in a Venus orbit, a Mercury orbit, or an Earth orbit. She's not entitled to that. But if you place her in the Mars or Jupiter orbit, then, as I say, everyone is entitled to their neurosis. Who are we to say June should be a better person? Who are we to say you should not be in a Mars orbit, you should be in a Venus orbit. That would be arrogant. You see, so using the self-coaching orbit system, what you're really doing is you're really accurately placing people where they belong. And you don't hold any animosity because basically you haven't decided. They've decided for themselves where they belong, according to your paradigm, and they're being treated accordingly. So you don't have to try to change them. Not that that would be inappropriate, but once you've tried and they continue to show their colors, well, then they're entitled to be who they want to be. We should not try to tell another human being that they should be how we want them to be. Now, again, I'm relativizing this. That doesn't mean in a good relationship, you don't try to educate someone and you don't try to bring them along. But when you see that someone starts to become destructive in a relationship, routinely destructive, well, then you need to classify that this person is not trustworthy, not loyal, not reliable, and they're showing their colors, and they're allowed to do that, just not in your inner orbit, you see? And you are the protector of your orbits. But once they are populated and everyone has their proper orbit, things flow much more easily. You have different levels of friendships, different expectations, and you're less likely to walk away feeling frustrated, angry, or defensive. So what I would say to you is get a pencil and paper, draw that sun center, put your little smiley face in the sun center, draw a ring around that circle, maybe an elliptical ring, put someone in there that's your dearest, closest friend or friends. And if you have more than one person, you consider yourself very lucky. Some people maybe don't have anyone in that Mercury level. Maybe that's to come in their lives. Then we go to the Venus level, draw another circle just outside the Mercury circle. Start putting in your best friends. Go out to your Earth orbit, designate some people that belong in that orbit. People that you kind of scratched your head about once or twice or three times. People you're not sure of. But always remember that people can move in and out. So it is a fluid system. And it requires adjustments. So once you see it visually, and once you see who's in the Mars or Jupiter, and God forbid anyone in your circle should be from Jupiter. I mean, these are people, the Jupiter people are people you need to stay clear of. And, you know, say take an abusive relationship, a physically abusive relationship. This is a person aligned with a Jupiter partner. Get out. Get out of that relationship. A Jupiter person will hurt you. 
This is a destructive relationship, oftentimes based on your own neurotic tendency to remain with that person in that orbit in your life. Get rid of the Jupiter people in your life. Tolerate to some extent with hesitancy the Mars people in your life. Give them a chance to move in. Help them understand what it would take to move them into a better orbit. But by all means, embrace the first three orbits. That's where you're going to find a life of fulfillment and meaning. And realize that those first two orbits are precious. And these are where you want to spend your energy. You don't want to waste your energy with even Earth and Mars people. Mostly, you want to invest your energy in people that are going to bring back to you the life that you deserve. And let us assume the life that they deserve in relationship with you. And with that, I'd like you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net, or you could start following me. I sound like I really know what I'm doing with the internet, don't I? <laughs> start following me on Instagram, Coaching, or on Facebook. The reason I mention all this platform stuff, as they say, uh, is because I've, I've finally decided I need to come of age and start becoming a little bit more savvy in things mm, internet-wise. I mean, I know I'm a baby boomer, and this is all anathema to who I am, but, <laughs> but I'm trying. So I, I'm, I'm revamping things, and I'm trying to produce more material and more reels and all that stuff that they talk about. But anyway, uh, the website is selfcoaching.net, and you could learn more about me, my books, I have a blog there, which I am also starting to populate because I know I've been negligent and I've been telling you that I'm going to start getting more involved. And I have been, right? We've talked about procrastination and I finally put it all together and found the energy to start doing what I should be doing. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And let's make it simple Believe together. In yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold